Welcome to the Live Uncommon podcast with me, Teresa Lim. I believe in the power of the human spirit and the fascinating stories it tells. Every week, join me as we pay tribute to extraordinary real-life stories of hope, faith, courage, and breakthroughs. May they be a shining beacon of inspiration and a reminder that we are not alone. I hope you find great value in this episode. Ready? Let's go. Hi, and welcome back to the Life Uncommon episode three. And today I have a really special guest with me, a guest from my past, a very good guest, not someone that haunts me, but a really amazing guest. And I met this person in 2012, eight years ago, when I was in Shanghai and I signed up to take my Neurolinguistics Programming Practitioner Certification, also known as the NLP Practitioner Certification. So this person was my lecturer, And I believe that we meet people for good reason. And I met Jeff at a point in my life where I was in a period of my career where I was transitioning and learning how to connect with people better on the business front. And NLP has really taught me the value of verbal and non-verbal cues to build a connection with people, with groups of people, as well as try to manipulate or what he would say influence influence people to get to do what you want them to do so it's not anything that's too hard sell but it's just about how you build rapport with your colleagues and your friends and your clients as well so without further ado i would like to welcome mr jeff tan and when i asked him what title he would like me to introduce him by he said He is Jeff Tan, the man without a title, which I think is really interesting and it's devoid of any sense of ego. So welcome to the Live Uncommon, Jeff. Thank you so much for being here today. A pleasure. Thanks for having me, Teresa. Thank you. Today's um, podcast, I thought I would like to, I'd like us to touch on at a time in your life where you were very comfortable with whatever that you're doing. Your life was pretty comfortable and certain changes happen maybe within yourself and external as well, which sort of propelled you to pivot and move into something that is the unknown. So maybe we can start with speaking a little bit about one of your previous career as a Singapore Air Force pilot and the transitions that came after. All right. I joined the Singapore Air Force straight after my A-levels. I knew I was going to fail my A-levels, which I did. So I joined the Air Force. Um, my yes, parent, you do. My, my dad was delighted. And I spent 26 years there. I spent 26 years in the Air Force and I was supposed to retire from the Air Force at 55. But somewhere along the way, the Singapore government decided that they wanted to keep the military young. So they were going to slowly start releasing us at the age of 45. Wow. So I lost 10 years. Yes. And so I left at 45. And being in the Singapore Air Force, I had a very straightforward, simple life where everything's planned for you. You know when you're going to get promoted. You know exactly how much you're going to get when you get promoted. You know exactly when you get your salary. It's a predictable life. And then they took that away from me. Oddly enough, I may have been one of the very few people that was looking forward to this leap into the unknown. Wow. Almost all of my friends either joined the airlines, the pilots, they joined the airlines. And for the engineers, they joined Singapore Technologies. 
and I just continued what they were doing. I wanted to do something different. So I left the Air Force with a massive smile on my face. One of the few people, my friends thought I was mad. Um, <laughs> and to compound matters, I went to China. I'm one of the 5%, I, I heard this stat some, somewhere many years ago that about 5% of Singaporean Chinese don't speak Chinese and I'm one of them. I'm one of the 5%. And I went to China, Shanghai, 14 years ago, only able to count one to maybe a hundred. And that is useful. Not really. <laughs> and uh, I had very limited vocabulary. You know, I, I didn't even know that Shanghai meant what it meant. Yeah, it was ridiculous. I had a vocabulary of a primary two kid in Singapore. So that was the first major transition in my life to go from a very regimented life where you know you, you will feel hungry automatically at 12 o'clock or 10 for your morning break, 3 o'clock for the afternoon break. Dinner is at 6.30, no more, no less, no earlier, no later, into something completely different in a very strange country for me because I don't speak the language. I just look like one of them. So yes. that was my first transition, major one. Wow. Just to go back to your Singapore Air Force time as well, when did they announce to you that the retirement was going to be at 45 years old instead of 55 years old? And how did you feel when the announcement was made? I believe it was about eight years before I hit 45 is when they told us. And to me, it's like, okay, you know, I, I wasn't happy. I wasn't sad. I wasn't angry because it was a bit too far away. For me, eight years is a lifetime. And I really, even today, I cannot see that far. I can plan, but, you know, it's very fuzzy. So, eh, no big deal. I felt it three years before I left because my kids were really young and I didn't know what to do. I knew what I didn't want to do, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. I attended MINDEF or the government-sponsored courses to help me gain some perspective. That didn't work very well. And then by accident, I attended an NLP course preview. I signed up that night and I attended the course about two weeks later and that changed my life. That was the first major transition where I became aware that I was leading a life which wasn't mine. And I don't know whose life it was. It was just a bunch of people that I used to admire or, or believe in and I just wanted to be like them. At that time, all I wanted were the typical Singaporean 5 Cs, cash, condo, car, credit card and country club membership and I actually mm -hmm. went for it. And during this NLP course, we examined our core values, our limiting beliefs, not just beliefs but limiting beliefs, our personality, our identity and our purpose in life and that really shook me to the core. I remember when I, after about a 12-hour day on the course. Those course, that course was brutal. It was a 12, actually more than 12 hours. And I went home and my wife asked me what, what's wrong with my eyes because I looked like a goldfish and I realized I've been crying though since after dinner till about midnight because uh, I realized that my entire life up to that point was a lie. But then I had the chance now to change it. So that was the first major breakthrough. At that time, I told myself, I want to be like those two very young trainers on stage. I wanted to be just like them because they are moving the entire room full of 60 people into a positive place. And that's what I really wanted to do. And that's what I went to China to do. So that was my first business in China. Amazing. Yeah. So you took that course and it changed your life. And I must say that the NLP course has also changed my life as well. Very much thanks to you. Oh, you're welcome. And, you know, I, I feel like when you do realize, oh my gosh, like what life am I leading and whose rules am I playing by? And then you start to re-examine all the decisions that you've made previously. And you ask yourself, was it me making those decisions or someone had made a decision on my behalf and I just went along with it? 
Do you feel like because as a result of you taking that course, that towards the end of your tenure, that really helped you to kind of look away from, oh, I'm going to lose my job, I don't know what to do, and sort of have a different perspective on having that courage to leap into the unknown? That's a a tough question to answer because we're all so different. For me, it just gave me a sense of peace. It didn't give me the courage to do something I wanted because I was still not sure exactly what I wanted to do. I just knew that, okay, at 45, my life switches over to this. I'm going to a place where I don't speak the language even though I look exactly like them. I had no business context, no nothing. I had no knowledge of marketing. I knew what a CEO meant, but looking at the corporate structure, when people talked about CFO, I didn't even know what that meant. Then someone threw CIO at me and I go, oh yes, okay, right. So, you know, it's a leap into the great unknown. I cannot say whether the cause helped me or gave me confidence, but it kind of put me in a place of peace to go and experiment. It also made me realize that part of who I am, I, I like to experience new things, usually just once. Yeah, so I would say I stuck with this for 14 years in China, which is not just once, it's now next lifetime. But it made me understand who I am and yeah, it's okay. Check it out. It's not that I have no fear of failure. It's just that that's my personality. So the course helped give me peace and it helped me understand that this is who I am instead of telling myself that I have no ability to finish a job, which was actually uh, a lot of the remarks I got in the air, of course, from my bosses that I'm a great starter, but I couldn't finish things. Um, instead of looking at that as a liability, it gave me the courage. Well, okay, I use the word courage now. So just do it because that's my personality. So why China? Oh, because a family friend was in China, a Singaporean friend. So if she were in Mozambique, my story would have continued into Mozambique, not not any other reason. I'm really amazed by the story because obviously it's not just taking that leap of faith and it's not just about having that peace, which is so beautiful, but also you really made that huge shift to go into a country so bravely actually with so much courage going to a country where you don't speak the language and you can only count from one to a hundred I think I can I'm not sure usually we have the perception that oh this is only for young people because they have their whole lives ahead it's not for me because I'm 45 I'm 50 years old I don't want to try new things anymore and that's that's a very normal mindset that we Mm. all have and it's just so refreshing to hear that you did not adopt that mindset even though you could have and I'm sure your life would have turned out very differently. But the fact that you didn't has brought you to where you are now. I would love for you to also share when you got to China, what happened? The China story is amazing. 14 years. I've had, let's see, in the 14 years. So 14 years is, is an amazing experience. I don't even know where to start. Okay, from the Air Force to China, that is one career revolution. It wasn't an evolution, it was a revolution. And I had a second one about three, four years ago, which led to the third one. So my whole life in China has been a transition from one to the other as I'm still finding what I want to do when I grow up. Yeah, I, I went from being a pilot to landing in China. I was a trainer where you met me, a professional coach and a hypnotherapist. That's what I did for a long time. Then I realized that, man, this is hard to f- get enough people into a, a classroom or to find clients because I didn't know anyone. So I started to look for ways to earn passive income. And for many years, the idea was in my head. And then one fine day, wham, I said, I'm going to write a book. Three years later, I finished the book. Oops. <laughs> uh, it took a long time. But the actual book took me about three months to write. But the first draft, Took me three years and I threw it away. I, I had planned to overthrow Idiot's Guide and Dummy's Guide from the shelves and you know take over all the shelves. But because of the book, well, it didn't anyway. But because of the book, I started to create how-to videos. 
which I'm still selling today. And I started about five years ago. And just this year, it finally took off. Congratulations. Wow. It took off once before, a, a year or two. But because of the um, platform that you're using, they, they had some changes in their rules. So I went down to earning a massive 100 US dollars a month for a few years. That's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. But it took off again. Uh, one thing because of COVID. And another thing is because I realized that if we are patient enough, whatever you plan for comes true. But I had to be patient. I had really had to let go. I always thought of editing, changing. And I look at the, the results and feedback. I wanted to do this and that. But thank goodness I'm very lazy. I didn't do it. It just took off. And then two years ago, I was helping a friend with his branding, his content. And I gave him suggestions based on a branding document that he paid good money for. And he said that it made so much more sense than that what 25-page branding document by a really huge agency. He's a small business. So he's basically a one-man entrepreneur. And that's why I'm, I'm eternally grateful to this Frenchman and the Singaporean who happens to work in, in China. These two helped me get started to my next revolution, the next transition. And today, I'm, I do digital marketing for a living. So four completely different stages in my life, from pilot to trainer coach slash hypnotherapist to content creator for my how-to videos to content marketing and digital marketing. So that's the story of my life. I love that. I love how you went from being in a regiment where there's so much routine, your entire life is literally written out by the hour, when you're going to sleep, when you're going to eat, when you're going to socialize and repeat, to now this life where it's almost like a huge surrender to whatever comes, comes. And I love that huge shift because there is a lot of courage involved in this. You know, and, and I, you, may dis, you may disagree and it's okay. I, I feel like you are very much led by the peace that has come as a result of, you know, what you did with NLP before you left the Air Force. But there's also courage there. And maybe it's courage that is not at the forefront that's driving everything, but there is a sense of very quiet courage and bravery that is driving you to take a chance in new things and opening yourself up to new opportunities, opening yourself up to meeting new people as well. I've had this conversation many times with a lot of other people and when people ask me how I managed to do this, I actually tell them it's because of stupidity. For major, major decisions in my life, I don't plan that well, but I'm a terrific planner. Big picture strategy, that, that's me. Detailed planning, five-year goals, all of that doesn't work for me. So it's a bit of stupidity. So I'm blessed with this gene of not really worrying too much. So I'm different from you, from other people. And, and that's a key lesson I've learned because of all the... We were just talking about this before we started this recording. The 5am club or 4.30am club. It doesn't work for everybody. It worked for me for a while. Then it didn't. Then it did. Then it didn't. So I've gone through all this and eventually I allowed my personality to take over. And that's a big challenge today for a lot of people because you, you're doing it yourself in, in, in your current life and lifestyle. But a lot of people are afraid of the consequences, which is important because every action has a consequence. Looking for best practices from friends, from the internet, from these successful people just doesn't work, you know? I cannot be like Elon Musk and sleep a few hours a night. It's impossible. I think I would die. The thought of me sleeping in my office like he did when things were bad, I would die too, you know? I'd be so unproductive. A lot of us get inspired by these success stories, not the struggle. My struggle was different. My struggle was... I need to go home right now. I need to go to bed right now. I need to eat right now. And then tomorrow, I'll start again. My point is that we're also different. And over the last, I think, two or three years, I've, been, I've come to realize that 
best practices work for some. It's good as a, as a start point, but a lot of people I've met put too much emphasis on, if Steve Jobs can do it, so can I. Right. <laughs> There's only one of him. There's only one Elon Musk. It all goes back to that very fateful year in 2003 when I did my NLP course because it exposed me to who I am versus who I think I should be because of society, because of parents and all that. If my mom had her way, I would have rejoined the Air Force after I left, taken a 50 to 60% pay cut, surrendered my lovely office, which I had when I left, to sitting outside my office and serving an idiot boss, which, was, which could have been me. Because her belief systems are very different. She comes from a different generation. I, I realized that the people who love us the most influence us often in the wrong way. So that cause was pivotal. It didn't change my life then. That It just exposed me to who I think I am. And it took me another 10 years to really figure this out. But it's by constantly looking at myself, my values, my beliefs, and all these kind of things. If tomorrow I make another career change, sure, just go for it. Just make sure I don't starve. I don't lose the roof on my head. Go ahead and do it. But it's not because I'm brave. It's because of this peace mm. that I got years ago. Yes. It, it keeps following me. Yes. Yeah. I really salute you on this one because whatever it is, I mean, does it really matter if it's peace or courage or stupidity or whatever you want to call it, right? The fact that you are just very open to receiving what comes your way and just exploring it. Because at the end of the day, you will never know if you like it or not or whether you will succeed in it or not unless you give it a try. Exactly. And that's what I keep telling people who are looking for perfection before they start. Because I'm a starter and not a finisher by nature, I'm happy to drop something that doesn't look so good, except it takes me two years to drop something. You know? <laughs> it takes me a long time to drop it also, but at least that thought is almost at the back of my head. Don't like it? Go to the next one. A lot of my clients and friends need perfection before they start. Yes. So the Excel spreadsheet, everything. and I think it goes back to the point that you were making earlier about how we as human beings are generally afraid of the consequences. Exactly. But everything that you do or you don't do will have consequences. So by being afraid of the consequences, there is a consequence as a result of that too. Yes. Right? So I just feel like to your point as well about the 4.30 a.m. club or you know, living like Elon Musk and striving to become like Steve Jobs. I feel like if you don't try those habits, you will never know if it works for you or True. not. Your spirit of just give it a go. Just see. Because you don't have to commit to see everything through anyway, right? You can break it up into different phases and go, okay, I'm going to try this for the next two weeks, two months or whatever, however long it takes and go, if at any point I feel it's not working for me, I'm just going to pivot and do something else. And I think having that flexibility, that mindset to know that you can always get out of it in for lack of a better word, is great fodder for you to take a chance at the next opportunity that comes. And I think that's really wonderful. The challenge there is also for people whose mental models, their brains don't work this way. It's nothing right or wrong. That's why they become engineers and accountants because process and procedure is very important. It is important for me also. Otherwise, I could never have flown a helicopter for so long because flying is nothing about process and procedures. And it's a reaction to a process which didn't go according to plan. But we have a process for processes that fail in the air. But some people, for them to take this step, a small step out into the unknown is, is tremendous. So for people like them, the potential is there to be flexible. The challenge is always for me, how do we help them become flexible? Mm. And the how is literally to slap them and send them for a course which opens their... It doesn't have to be NLP, but it has yes. to be something that in a safe environment shatters their beliefs. And then when they step out of that workshop, 
they can retain their old beliefs, but they need this exposure, something 180 degrees away from where they are. And then they can go and decide, this is not for me. I'm going back to my process-driven life. And that's fine. Because if everyone were like me, flexible, oh my goodness, bloody chaotic world we live in. Because everyone will just, okay, let's see, two years later, we'll just give up. Yeah. It's something new. So there's a place for everyone. There is no best practice. I'm just suggesting that they allow themselves to get exposed in a safe environment just to see what it's like. Yeah. And what advice would you give to someone who is maybe at a juncture in their life where they want to try something new because they maybe haven't had the opportunity to or were too fearful in the past, but don't know how to go about doing it? Because it's really easy to say, yes, let's send them on a course and all that. But there, is a, there are a lot of variables around to facilitate that to happen. So what would you say to someone who's listening in right now who would like to maybe just try something different but it's still slightly held back? Well, that's a tough one. The first piece of advice for these people is do not, do not emphasize, underline, do not speak to your friends. Next, do not, underline, bold, speak to your family because these people are filled with love but they have their own values and belief systems. And when you ask them for advice, they're going to impose what they would do. You know, they would start the sentence, if I were you, I would. But they're not. Yeah, they're not. If I had followed the advice of my friends, because we had so long before we left the Air Force, and when they heard I was going to China, they scoffed at me and you know, said, I'm too old to this and I'm too old for some things and too young for some other things. If I listen to them, I'll be miserable. I think, I think, I'm not sure. So do not, first piece of advice, do not speak to your friends. Do not speak to your family because the love and these people's values, they're not you. The second thing I would say, seek professional help. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> Even if you pay them $10, it's okay. $10 an hour because these people... They are objective. They don't know who the hell you are. For them, a logical thing, you know? I suggest you go this route. I suggest you go that route. And then you just listen. Just listen. It's not that the advice is correct. When you say to seek help? Professional help. Professional, uh, professional help. coach. Professional coach. Yes. Okay. A good one. They are more objective. They have ridiculously simple questions that will bring you to the core of your essence. They will just ask you, Why? This actually happened to me during my NLP course. The course was too big for the trainer to handle by himself. So we had coaches. We broke into groups of five, 60 of us. And we were all assigned a 17 to 19-year-old coach. Someone who had training before. And I was 40-something at that time. And I was telling myself in my head quietly, what the hell do you know? The first question that they posed to me, are your goals good enough? Did they stretch you? And in my head, I'm going, screw you. How dare you question me? My kids are just a little bit younger than you. I've got blah, I've got this, I've got property. Then they said, why? I remember my body language. I was going to stand up to point my finger at them. And then I realized, I don't know why. That simple question was so powerful. So this is the beauty of having professional coaches who can follow your conversation and mirror and point out what you've just said. They don't give advice. The best coaches don't. They just mirror what you said and you are left feeling like a damn fool, which I did for weeks as I couldn't find the answer to a lot of these simple questions. Why are you going for A and not B? I couldn't say because uh, that's what people my age do because it didn't sound right. So second piece of advice, 
seek a professional coach who's not going to give you advice, but just going to pull stuff out of you that you didn't even know you felt. So that's it. Just two things. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think that's really helpful. And what has really worked for me as well, whenever I have an idea, I don't necessarily go talk about it with every single person because like you said, everyone has got different perceptions and values. But what I do is I tend to go online and I'll research someone who has already done what I want to do and has done it really well. I tend to look at stories about their entire journey because there will be times where they succeed and times where they fail. And I feel like I can take a lot of cues from their stories. You know, obviously their journey is very different from mine as well, but it's always good to see how someone who's gone ahead before you exactly. to do it well. And then you can then create your own narrative yes. around how you want to approach it. Exactly. Two people I, I really wanted to meet, Richard Branson and Steve Jobs. I read everything I could about the two of them. And then I realized, okay, I'm not them. <laughs> I was a bit sad that the, the, the ending ended like that. But at least it gave me insight, especially Richard Branson, who has dyslexia. And because of that, he had to do certain things. Well, it's amazing. For Steve Jobs, it was not how good he was, but the two things which stand out even to today. One is that he got fired from his own company by the guy he hired to be CEO, take over from him. That took amazing spirit to not just go on a rampage and you know, condemn everybody. The second thing he did, which I really liked, and I still do, was when he came back to Apple and he simplified what they did with just four products out of, I think, 20. And that takes uh, amazing foresight. But the great lesson is that it's simplicity. So that has stuck with me for a very long time. So Richard Branson is, just do it, what the heck. In fact, I think his book is called Screw It, Just Do It, something like that. Uh, I bought it because of the title. And for Steve Jobs, is simplicity. So these are like, they're not my values, but it shapes me and my decisions. I keep reminding myself until it becomes habit. So to uh, respond to your point, change the narrative to suit you. Exactly. Because you are unique, yeah. you know, and you should never be living someone else's story or someone's unlived dreams. Yes. And I know for a fact that a lot of us, we unintentionally sometimes or even unconsciously are living out our parents' unlived dreams. And it's understandable, especially when they try and get you to do things that they never got an opportunity to do out of love, as you said before. But then you get to an age at 36 years old in the Air Force and you go, am I living a lie? Like, whose life am I living? This is mm. not me. You know, every decision that I've made in the past, is that me? Was that me? And you start to question everything. So I think your point earlier on about the why is very important. Why do you want to do this? Why do, you, why do I want to start a podcast? Why do you want to do digital marketing and content creation now? Why? Because the what and the how can be very beautifully executed. But if you don't know the why, it will be completely unsustainable. Exactly. You know, and you're not being true to yourself. And then you wake up when you're 60 years old and you go, hang on a minute. What did I do for the last 15 years? Again, you know, have I been living a lie? And you don't want that. You know, especially towards the end of your time on earth or our time on earth, we want to make sure that we are growing and stepping into who we truly are because it's only in that space that we're able to then contribute back to society and create value. For sure. Well. Okay, well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Jeff. It's always such a pleasure to speak to you all the time. And I believe that Fire Alarm is also agreeing with me <laughs> right now. But um, thank you so much. You've it's a really, pleasure. You've really, really changed my life back in 2012 without me even realizing it. You know, so thank you so much. You're most and welcome. I, yeah, thank you. And, you know, for anyone listening in right now, 
including the fire alarm. If you want to get in touch with Jeff, uh, just let me know. Get in contact with me. I'll put you in contact with Jeff directly. And thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for your time. An absolute pleasure, Teresa. Thank you so much. And I hope the pandemic goes away so that you can go back to China because you've been back, what, six Ooh. months now? Since March. Since March. Yeah. yeah right. Enjoying myself. Enjoying yourself <laughs> with your family. That's yeah. really good. So I wish you all the best. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in and I hope you were inspired and got great value out of this episode. This podcast is very much yours as it is mine. If you have a personal story you would be open to sharing or know of someone who does, drop me a message and let's connect. If you have enjoyed the show, hit the subscribe button, share it with a friend and follow me on Instagram at underscore the life uncommon for updates on new weekly episode drops. See you then.